This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Our music stop. I think our music stopped, but that's okay. We don't need music. We're here to let's cut cut the music, as they would say in wrestling. We'll do it live. Let's do it live. Screw it. We'll do it live. Movie reviews with Mackie and Judd. We appreciate. All of you who have found the brand new movie reviews with Mackie and Judd podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app, if you could give us a five-star rating and a positive review, you can help us grow the movie review brand here uh, as we go forward. So this all started off three years ago with Action Movie Rewind, and then we've expanded the franchise into rom-coms and sports movies. But we're going back to our roots here today, gentlemen, back to action movies for the 2018 blockbuster, or it was a blockbuster, but it didn't quite live up to what everyone had hoped. Skyscraper. <laughs> Skyscraper. So without further ado, here is the summary of Skyscraper. Will Sawyer is a former FBI agent and U.S. war veteran who now assesses security for skyscrapers. While he's on assignment in China, the world's tallest and safest building catches on fire and Will gets framed for it. Now, a wanted man and on the run, he must find those responsible, clear his name, and somehow rescue his family members when they become trapped inside the inferno. 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. So not a, not a great response from the critics. Nope. The, critic, the critic's consensus says, well-cast yet derivative, Skyscraper isn't exactly a towering action thriller feat, but it's solidly constructed enough to stand among the genre's more mildly diverting features. A $125 million budget turned into $305 million at the box office. They wanted more. This movie stars The Rock and Nev Campbell. And I think some of the... Some of the Asian stars in this movie are widely known outside the United States. I gotcha. Uh, one production note worth discussing here before we get to statements and the rankings. This film received very mixed reviews from critics who praised The Rock Dwayne Johnson's performance and the film's suspenseful scenes, but criticized the story as cliched and too similar to The Towering Inferno, which was a huge blockbuster back in 1974 with Paul Newman Steve McQueen, right? Yep. Oh, everybody. O.J. Simpson's in it. Yep, yep. And, uh, and, and also Die Hard from 1988. So they basically yeah. said, this is great, but it, but everything about it is a combination of Die Hard and the Towering Inferno. 
Mm-hmm. So is that a valid criticism? Oh, yes, especially since the end scene where, where the, the bad guy falls yeah. off the building yeah. is is it's the same thing is yeah. an ode to Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and I don't know. Dex, have you seen The Towering Inferno? I've seen parts of it. My mom, probably the biggest crush she had on any actor in the world was Paul Newman. Uh, like yeah. A lot of other oh, women yeah. in that time. My mom loved um, Paul Newman. Uh, yeah. So I've seen bits and pieces. I've never actually, I don't think I've seen it start to finish, but I, I know the premise. And I, it I had an intermission. Yeah, it, it, it was so long. It has an intermission. So you could go to the bathroom halfway through it. Yeah. But that, but yeah, it's, it's basically about an indestructible big building. Yeah. Right. And, and there's a fire, but don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. Yes. And then, you know, die hard where you're, you're stuck trying to be a hero and, and you're trying to take down terrorists with kind of a weird motive. Like, wouldn't there be an easier way to maybe get some money than to do this? Right. But, um, that was the biggest criticism. And even like the branding and the movie poster and stuff is kind of, it's like, just like Bruce Willis is in the white yeah. wife beater and he it's like an above <laughs> shot. The rock is like hanging on. So that was kind of the criticism. All right, let's start with uh, Judd here. We'll go around the room and we'll issue statements about skyscraper. Lead us off, Judd. All right. My first statement plays off what you brought up, but the critics actually missed some of the odes that this film did. So this film is an ode to definitely Towering Inferno, Die Hard, Commando, the daughter. That's the Commando storyline with Mm -hmm. Alyssa Milano. And The Rock definitely has, in my opinion, he plays a couple of characters that we've seen before. Schwarzenegger characters and my guy, Steven Seagal. Hmm. I need to go deeper on the Seagal angle. I don't know. I don't know if I see the connection there. The beating up people beyond belief at times. The but he gets, but he gets work. Seagal never gets like never. No one ever gets the best of Seagal in any of those movies. The Rock but, is like on the comeback okay. trail the whole time. So the start, the start of the film, where they and by the way, marvelous job of pace of film. They don't waste any time here. I I actually like appreciated a that mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, the start of the film where where The Rock is the negotiator and they go in and he thinks he's got the guy, you know, just put the kid down and, and, and he blows the house up is is very similar to the start of Hard to Kill. I got you there. Yep. The I get that. Shot and then he's in, you know, now he's in a coma and they show it. But my point is this film and and you know what? I butt in. Yeah. Like I just decided. Yeah, it's sort of stupid. I'm just going to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the plot, I think I wrote down verbatim at the end of this movie, at the end of the day, this plot doesn't matter in the slightest. And that's totally okay. Yep. Like that. It, it's just, it's totally okay that that's the case. I love that. <laughs> All right. Is that your, let's go into Declan. Whatever. Okay. Um, yeah. The, the, let, let's go on the plot here. I have another one too, that I wanted to, that I was going to use, I think first, but I'll save it to the next round. I, I love this plot makes no sense. Like it, it, it all of a sudden, <laughs> right. I, I, I have a lot of sub, yeah. I have a lot of subplots off this point, but okay. Yeah. So he's an, he's an army guy that gets his leg blown up. He's an amputee. He fell in love with the surgeon, by the way, that just, there's no backstory there. Just, yep. They're together. And they now have two kids 10 years later. Um, he's a contractor guy for, for these skyscrapers. And then he gets this iPad, and then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. He gets he gets framed for it, but really, he's not really on the run that much. Like I know the I know the people are chasing him, but he's being cheered by all the people that are watching him do all these heroics. Dude, by the way, like we're these cameras that they're using too to to follow this. I mean, th- so 
everyone's watching, you know, downtown, whatever, these big screens and stuff. And they've got these close-up shots of him, like, on the side of the building. These are just amazing camera work by whoever yeah. jumped into place from these TV stations. <laughs> from, from the character turns to the whole plot, like, it makes no sense. But at the same time, I was totally here for it, like Judd said. I, I actually really enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I did. And it was very, very fun movie. Okay, so we're all kind of, yeah. Well, let me just keep the train going here. My, my first statement is a question. It's a rhetorical question. Why would you not just use a reputable security company or a, whatever he's called? I guess he's an assessor, right? Why would you? So they, they said, well, I know why. The answer is because he's easy to dupe, right? You can just like take the, that iPad has way too much power. Yeah, one, I, power. one iPad? One. What happens if you lose it? Like what? Or it breaks. It no. breaks. Yeah. But like, this is the largest building in the world. Feels like a red flag that you're trying to go on the cheap for, because the, the line was, hey, you were half the price of the, uh, like the reputable, credible <laughs> inspection, sl- inspection companies. <laughs> right. Yeah. But to Declan's point about the plot or whatever, I actually had to Google the villain. So there's a, there's a website. That's called, uh, it's like a villain's Wikipedia site, like a movie villain's wiki site. And I just didn't really understand, like, why are these terrorists trying to burn this building down? At first, I thought it was an insurance play or something. But, Mm -mm. like, what is the the motive here? And so they literally list out on the the villain's wiki site for, and the villain's name is Corez Batha. Yeah. Right? He's like the the guy with the, like, mustache or whatever. And it says, control the pearl skyscraper is his goal by triggering a fire in random places so he can extract millions of dollars in shakedown payments. That's not not right. But it is right. He's he wanted he essentially wanted to like he wanted threaten the bill the multi-billionaire guy into he no he wanted he wanted that list back that the guy had on some type of hard drive. That's what he wanted because that was going to expose him. He wanted that. And then he said, though, I just want to watch you watch the building burn. Yeah. So, so there's was was try- some ego in there for there, sure. Oh, it was all. Yeah. But he wanted that, 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 like, it's yes. like a, he I don't set know, what the building is. on fire to get that flash drive. Like the yeah, building on fire drive, was yeah. a okay. subplot to just get the actual flash But then he drive said, I want to watch, I want you to watch a different way burn. to get the flash yes. drive. <laughs> yes. It, it makes no sense. It makes no sense, but it's totally okay. At least in Die Hard. It has nothing to do with the building, right? It's it's like those yeah. guys. Those guys were trying to. I can't remember who they were trying to get money from. Was it the U.S. government or something? Or did they? They like took over the building to steal money, basically. Yeah, but they weren't. Yes, yes. Die Hard made a lot more. Die, Die Hard actually tracked. This doesn't track. I think what we're finding here is in some of these movies, we're like, there's a terrorist on a plane or in a building. You never really know what they want or why they want it. it. You, just know, you just know that like someone needs okay. to save the day, right? <laughs> so if I, if, if I were to tell you guys that I could make this film make sense, but minimum it probably goes 210. Two hours plus. Do you have a plan for how you would make it make more sense? Well, you could have told backstories. You you could have you could have done things. I'm not saying it makes perfect sense, right. but I'm saying it makes more sense. They clearly chopped a lot of stuff out, and God bless them for it. 
Yeah. Right. Like what maybe there was a backstory and there clearly was between the terrorist and the billionaire that could have yeah. been fleshed out for 10 or 15 minutes to show. Correct. Oh, yeah, this is correct. Why. Exactly. Okay. okay. Between the actual film and the Zolgad Zack Snyder cut, if you will, I would rather take the short film. I'd rather take the short one, not this longer one. That it's probably the yada, might yada, be, yada, right? Yeah, might might be a better movie. It might be because the plot would make more sense. But at the end of the day, I'd rather just appreciate the, the you know, hour and 40 minute runtime that this has they, they seinfelded this movie they yada 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 it it yes. was okay so there's a big building and uh the big building is going to be inspected by the rock yada 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 yes. and a terrorist right. is going to screw the whole Love thing it. up yada yada yada, yada. Yep. and the rock has to save the day well yep. why okay <laughs> but like how does the rock you know I, they they could have done an extra an extra 10 minutes alone with Nev Campbell's character and The Rock and like them that. meeting. No, I agree. I'm saying I love the fact they didn't. But they but they like left a lot of things just sort of like, yeah, we'll yeah. we'll address it with but, like a sentence. But you know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. When I when I watch Die Hard even for the 100th time now, I feel let's go deep on this for a second. I feel more connected to to uh what's his name? Uh, John McClane, yeah, right. Yeah, I feel more invested, and I don't know if it's because of he. Maybe he's just like a better actor than The Rock, or is the is the, well, is they, the story better they told? Give you story though, like or they, he's they, on the plane. Oh, they, these ruthless murders killed a couple characters that we already got to know early in the movie. Like, I don't really feel much of a connection to The Rock in this movie. It's just like, oh, he's just like a big hulking. Right, and he you gets know. blown up, and it's unfortunate. But then he gets blow, blown up, and like it's the next scene is ten years later. Like right. with John McClane, he's on the plane talking to what the girl, a teenage That's girl, or night. something. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it gives you an idea of who he is, like what his thought process, motivation is. The Rocket's just like ten years later, two kids and I no gotta, right leg. Yeah, yeah they I then on that too. Okay, it. let's go back to okay. Judd here. It's good. It's good. It's okay, good, good stuff here. Good stuff. Uh, this is a statement, but if somebody can enlighten me, I would love to hear it. A prosthetic leg can't take that much abuse and keep being reattached <laughs> to your body. You mean you probably can't be hanging from the Whoa. 150th floor well, on the outside? Well, and then when he jams it in to stop that door from closing <laughs> and then kisses it. Like, okay. I think it would okay. go like that. Here's the best part. So Again, th that same prosthetic leg he uses to jam inside that whatever that heavy Huge. like new door is but then at some other point in the movie doesn't he use like a hammer to just like reposition the foot on that yep. same yeah. yes he just he, he, <laughs> he hammers it out oh my that's God. Like, oh, okay what? if you are in a position in your life where you have a prosthetic leg and you have to scale the outside of a skyscraper and you have to tie a rope to one of your legs in order to do what you're going to do would you maybe not tie that rope to your working leg and not the prosthetic leg? Yes. He tied it to the prosthetic leg and I then like, even, oh, my God, my leg's I'm, about to come off, right? I missed Whoa. that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. right. Back to, back to, <laughs> oh, God, it's so good. Um, so let's, let's go back to the beginning of the movie because as you guys saw, there's a Minnesota reference. The first scene. The first scene is a Minnesota reference. Uh, where, where I wrote Ash Lake, Minnesota. Ashley, I missed this. I missed this. It lit so where that bomb goes off. That first thing it says, Ash Lake, Minnesota. Ash so that's Lake. where that detonator goes. That's where the whole movie oh, that, starts. That's and where it's the guy snowing, and I'm like, oh, 
Is this movie going to be based in Minnesota? Of course, the Minnesota. Is that a real? It is. It's an unincorporated community. Yes, it's near International Falls. It's near the border. I would much rather prefer a great Minnesota tie into this movie. Like, was The Rock based in Minneapolis, and did he have to drive up there to do this? Was it because he was FBI uh, or no SWAT team? He was SWAT team, you know, uh, military defense. He's one of us. You know, is he is he here? I want the Minnesota backstory of Skyscraper because then all of a sudden we're in Hong Kong. We went from Ash Lake, Minnesota, which I yeah, to Phil's point, it's like not even a real populated city to Hong Kong overnight. I want the Minnesota background of this film. So Ash Lake is let's see here. It's about 25 miles from International Falls. It's up 53. It's unincorporated. It's in St. Louis County. But there is, I'm just zooming in here, there is a business on Ash Lake called Ron's Cabins. Nice. Ron's so maybe that's cool. maybe that's where this guy was. He was in one of Ron's cabins up. holding a child hostage, I guess. Interesting. I totally missed that. So this this movie has a, a very key Minnesota tie at the beginning. Okay. Um, okay. Totally different direction here. But they said this is a 250-story building, and, like, the top 100 floors are all residential, right? They were trying to get the residential from, like, 130 all the way up, 120 floors of residential. I would have zero interest in living on the 200th or 220th floor of any building at all whatsoever. Mm -hmm. First of all, that's, like, probably 3,000 feet in the air, like 2,500. The temperature difference is pretty... I was looking this up. I said, what is the temperature difference if you're 3,000 feet in the air? It's like a 10-degree difference. Yeah, it's, yeah you, you can definitely feel it. But uh, I don't know, man. Like, can you open your windows? Like, the wind, everything? No, I lived on no. the 15th floor one time no, of a building yeah. downtown, and that mm-hmm. was kind of like, whoa, okay. Yeah, I was on the 6th in my last building, and even then, like, that was max. Like, I'm not going up any higher than that. And I heights... If it's controlled, I'm okay. Like like a rooftop view, I'm totally okay with that. I don't like roller coasters, so I don't like any of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, no chance. And I know those elevators clearly zoom all the way up. So that elevator ride isn't as long as maybe you would think it would be because it's like this awesome technology that gets you from the ground all the way up there, no problem. But no, I have no interest in in being in a tower that high. But you think about like, there's a it's the Prudential Building, I think, in Chicago, or we have, we have Harvard uh, Spios, our friends yeah. at Harvard Chicago. And like that building is massive and they have different elevator corridor wings. So if you're and they have, a, there's a couple buildings, the IDS in Minneapolis, yep. where yep. if you want to go, if you're going from zero to 20, you go over here. If you're going yep. 20 to 40, or maybe you go up one and then you have to get it. Wouldn't you have to transfer like to, to three or four different elevator corridors? Just the sheer amount of people that live in that building. There'd have to sure. be tons of elevator corridors. I would think It'd be a pain in the ass. And you'd oh, yeah, have to run, you'd have to run into like a hundred people going down. Yeah, no, I'm not know? doing this. I'm going to get in a, on the 200th floor and nope, oh, it look, stops on 190. It, yep. 192. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to run into Paul and Nancy on 192. Paul guy. I think we're back to Judd here. All right. Pablo Schreiber is a great bad guy. So he's the first bad guy. And by the way, I love this too. They don't like I I was like how are they going to develop him? You could tell he's a bad guy. And I was like You knew in the do? first 10 seconds and they were he was like, a bad we're guy. We're going to and we're going to kill him quick. Yes. But I think he is uh, I've s- seen him in a bunch of different things as, as a bad guy. Yeah. I think he's a great bad guy. He's got Orange that is sort the new of black. 
sleazy look. He's he's Liv Schreiber's half brother, I believe. But he is a gr- I love him. He is he's actually good. But um, this whole thing with him, you know, I'm sorry I had to do this. It's like, why didn't you just give him the tablet? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I think one, he's a great bad guy. One of my notes was, I love how you could tell right away that the Rock's business cohort was going to be a bad yeah. guy. Like, well, you just how, knew right away. <laughs> and how about the ba- bad guy who, who was on the rich guy staff, who was sort of this sleaze bag? Yeah. And like, you knew immediately, oh, that guy's going to die a bad death. Yeah. <laughs> All the fake insurance inspector guys. Yes. 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 It was that just a, it was a cartoon. He yeah. was like a cartoon bad guy. I wrote like, down what a character turned from that weenie insurance guy. That like that I had no idea that guy was going to be a bad guy. And I don't think his his character was even like necessary, really. I could tell right away. He, yeah. Well, you I think in these movies you always need like two or three different twists, yeah. right? Yeah. You need to know you need to know who's helping set this up from the inside, who's making it work. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. All right, Dex. All right. I think actually my main takeaway from this movie, and I was going to lead with this uh, before we went down a different path, but my statement is, is there a better couple to keep children alive and overcome murder and adversity more than The Rock and Nev Campbell? <laughs> like The Rock, the big you know Hulk of a man and can beat up anybody. And then you have Nev Campbell, who you know was in like five screams and like was able to get away from murderers. And now you put these two together in, yeah. in charge of children. This might be legitimately low key, by the way, one of the best power couples to keep children away from murder and adversity. I actually thought these two played each other really well. Yeah, you know, Nev's Campbell like isn't really featured that much. She could have been used more, I guess, but I, I kind of works. Like it, it works uh, to this point. So I, I thought it was really funny that you had, you know, the screen queen Nev Campbell, and then the Rock being the big guy that he is. It actually works. Makes a lot of sense. I'd feel very safe in the in their arms. I also I really like the callback at the end of the movie where she just like resets the iPad or resets the she she turns oh, I turned it's it, all callbacks I turned it yeah I turned it there's off like eight callbacks yeah. it's <laughs> incredible started. that film is filled with callbacks yeah they were planting seeds in the first like everything minutes. they did was was uh, then revisited at some point towards the end there's no question about it yeah but uh, yeah they were back to the Rock and Nev Campbell where they really worked together when the fire had sort of like cut the building in half. And they lay that really rickety two by four. <laughs> He's holding across. the bridge. He's oh, holding the bridge. I, like, I can't <laughs> hold it much longer. And she gets over to the other side, and you're like, "Oh, okay. Now she's just gonna like be with the kids, and they're gonna find a way out that way." It's like, no, no. Now she's gonna like put a kid on her back and walk yep. back across. The- and it's gonna, of course, it's gonna start to break. <laughs> the bridge is yeah. going. I can't hold it. Hold it. <laughs> the bridge is out. The bridge is out. Okay, I think I think I have answered one of my own questions from the beginning of our of our session here. And then I just, I don't know. I love the rock. I've been a fan of the rock since 1997 when he came into the WWF and I was a big wrestling fan and he was my favorite wrestler. And then when he starts doing movies, it's like, Oh, this is really cool. The rock is like a B level actor. And then the rock becomes an A level actor and he's like a billionaire. And so it's been fun for for 25 years following this guy that, you know, if you're a diehard wrestling fan, but I just kind of wonder, like, why don't I feel a connection to him 
in some of these movies like I do with Arnold or like Bruce Willis in Die Hard, where you really like you're like, oh, really invested in what happens to them. I just and I think I know why. I think he lacks a certain charisma in these movies that he has as a wrestler. Hmm. And my statement is he needs a catchphrase or two. Can you guys tell me one Dwayne Johnson catchphrase in an action movie? Mm. I can't, but Declan might know one. No, I mean, that was going to be one of my statements, but I love his cheesy line on duct tape in this movie. Duct tape can't fix it. Nothing can. Like, he gave that like, you, you easy need, one. You need, you need more duct tape. You need more duct tape. Yeah, whatever yeah. the hell it was. But Phil's right. It's not very convincing. Like, Schwar- uh-uh. like Schwarzenegger I'll partially be because... Get and to the, the accents, chopper, right? The, 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 the bridge is huge, out. Right? But, uh, but like, the, the accent's enormous. Hasta because, la vista, baby. Yeah. But you're right. Like, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Bruce Willis, yippee ki Like yeah. there's the there's the signature. Yeah, it's it's yeah. always corny, but like you, you need your action star to have that cheeky but sort of that corny ass line that drives it home. Cor- it's corny with them, but more believable if that makes sense. And dude, in wrestling, The Rock had all sorts of corny. This was this is how The Rock made his name. It was it was you know take that shoe, turn it sideways, and stick it straight up your candy ass. It was, if you smile, like everything he did was catchphrases. There's an and entire, that's what got him over with the audience. I like it. There's an entire brand called Smackdown, which is basically a rock catchphrase to lay at the Smackdown on your candy ass. Yep. Like yep. They, they built an entire wrestling show that's been on for 20, year, 20 plus years now off the rocks catchphrase gonna lay the smack down on your candy ass like the, yes they've built empires and franchises off of his catchphrase it's amazing the bra he called himself the brahma bull and the brahma bull now has a brand like the, the bull brand that you see with under armor right like every everything that he did was a catchphrase so i'm just saying the rock though, needs a catchphrase in these movies eyebrow hmm. yeah it doesn't make any sense you're right it's kind of yeah, but the duct tape wild. but the duct tape line was like an attempt and it just fell sort of flat. It it was funny. It was right, funny. but it yeah, just it fell was... flat compared to what Phil's talking about. Yeah, like yeah. a true. Yeah, there's just something a little, something a little uh, oh, one, generic Phil. about it. So, all right, uh, Judd. Any other statements from you guys here before we? Uh, get yes, to yes. Um, this is a criticism not just of this film but of a lot of films now. Can we go back to? old school choreographed fighting scenes. I feel like a lot of these films that we watch now, they're choreographed really, really strongly, but they're always done sort of like fast and in the dark. And so you can't really see the fight. I mean, it's very clear that they're avoiding because to to go back to the old school films, those fights were choreographed, but we saw more and they looked, they looked more believable in my opinion. I feel like now it's guys wrestling and punching, but you're just seeing bang, bang, you know, and and so you don't get the you don't get the meat. I want the meat of the fight. And by the way, dude, Pablo is like six foot five. He's a big dude. You got the rock. That would have been yeah. a formidable. Just put those guys in a freaking ring and let those guys go to town. But they want it. So the, I was reading about that fight scene. It took them like five days to film the fight scene because they wanted it to feel huge and they wanted the room to get destroyed. And they wanted it to be, you know, two guys with army backgrounds going back. It was actually, a pr- I thought it was a pretty good fight scene, actually. The knife through the grill grate and stuff, like. Yeah, that one was okay. But, I mean, I'm just saying then as as we, we got the fights in the tower, I felt like those were just done really quickly and like mm-hmm. bang, 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 instead of like a good old-fashioned fight scene. What about, the, speaking of fight scenes and callbacks, what about the the mirror room? 
That's how how awesome. did you guys feel? Kind of a kind of a random like why? I, I One more thing. I'm behind you. Yeah, I'm behind you. Boom. See, you know that, what though? That would have been That's a great a opportunity for a exactly. catchphrase. But it I was wasn't. just gonna say, I'm behind you is not a catchphrase. They needed something cr- else. You know what? You that was the moment. It. That was the moment. You, and you it nailed it because because mm-hmm. Arnold would have nailed that moment. Yes, that's you're the so moment. right. That is the moment. And and I don't know what I, I don't know what you would have you would have maybe had to find a different trope or something because but I'll be back or right. yippee ki right like those yeah. get you. I feel I'm like behind you. I get why right. he wanted to shed so much of his wrestling persona into his acting. I feel like what probably should have happened is he takes one of those ones we just talked about, you know, just bring it, lay in the smack down in your just candy bring ass. it. Oh my god, he, he should have. So he, he should have just taken one of them and used it in his movies, and that's yeah. totally okay, man. Just bring it, and then he just does bring the, it. He does the yes. Can you imagine <laughs> if he did that? I would have nerded out so hard if he did that. You know what? Actually, you know what? It should be. It should be. What's the other one where he? Uh... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. what He literally doing. has like 11 wrestling catchphrases where he'll yeah. say, Hey, uh, Judd, um, yeah. what uh, What do you think about the Vikings' chances to win this Sunday? Well, I think it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter what, what you, you think. think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. So much charisma. Just ridiculous. All right, Dex, any final statements from you? Uh, no, I, I, we briefly talked on it, but uh, I just love the importance of duct tape in this movie. Not just his cheesy-ass yeah. line, but the fact he uses it to scale an entire width of a skyscraper building <laughs> is pretty effing hilarious. Well, yeah, he's hanging by his wounds. nails. Yeah. <laughs> that that jump he takes from the crane into the building. Pretty or, impressive. Or he catches, the, he catches it. And then oh. I will say this. My palms sweated about five times on those high scenes where they, yeah. they would show him looking down at the ground. Yeah. Like my palms got sweaty. I was like, I can't take that. And actually, you know what? Now that I remember, cause he went and did like the fan thing and then he had to jump back. I think his, I thought that he tied the rope to his prosthetic leg. I think it was just as he was like, as he jumped and then he grabs the rope, his foot slid into the oh, rope man. and it was just sort of luck. So sorry, sorry. Uh, Dwayne, it wasn't your fault. Uh, but yeah, duct. I, I did have a note that duct tape is the real MVP of this movie. <laughs> so I'm glad we touched on duct tape. Uh, okay, it's time for the definitive villain rankings here. And I have, so we rebooted Action Movie Rewind last year. I should just, I should combine these lists actually because we do have like 55 or 60 villains ranked. I have like 15 of them here because we've done 15 since the reboot. Right, but uh, it's a one through ten scale, and the criteria is how iconic, ruthless, and charismatic is the villain. And the villain in this case is Coriz Batha, the the terrorist guy. So the only perfect ten that we've given out in the rebooted version of Action Movie Rewind is Cyrus the Virus from Con Air. Caster Troy from Face Off is a nine, and then uh, four others above a seven. Dom Toretto in the original Fast and the Furious, the aliens from Independence Day, Chong Lee from Bloodsport, and Surfer Bodie from Point Break. The worst, and I have a feeling we might be flirting with this here for this one, the worst ones are the, the British car-loving gangster in Gar- uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, that's a 1.3. Reyes in Fast Five, a 2.7. And Arturo Braga from Fast Four, a 3.3. Tied with Senator Trent from Hard Hill at a 3.3. So iconic, ruthless, charismatic as the three criteria, Judd. How would you rate? 
Torres Batha? Um, well, he was, in my opinion, pretty meaningless. Like, he didn't yeah. really have that big a role. I'd give him a two. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'd give him a two. It's a one or a two. I, I mean, it again, you know what? It it very much falls in line with the British uh the car loving gangster. Yeah, gangster. Just, just a random. It's just, it's just we gotta pick a bad guy. So let's yeah. just have this guy. So two. And that one. but that's another thing that oh, it's a one for Dex. One. It, it he's complete he's not really even in this movie that much. Yeah. He does, he does nothing for me. He's completely forgettable. That's it's a one. Hard. He has he has no impact. Yeah, it's a it's a one for me. It's a it's a one for me. And I think that's another thing that makes Die Hard stand out is that oh god, he's... the terrorist was one of the best characters in the movie. Like, Get oh, me yes. my detonators, right? He was just <laughs> iconic. So yeah, iconic. It's a zero or a one. Ruthless, I guess. Whatever. Like he's ruthless. Uh, charismatic. No. Plus so. we plus we still don't really like. The plot of what he was doing was so dumb. Yeah, like he wanted like, some money or... Just go get your hard drive or your uh, uh, disc or whatever the hell that thing was and get out of there. Yeah, just just pipe down guy, basically. Uh, also, the uh, the unrated ones here that we didn't that we yeah. didn't have a ranking for are the personal demons from Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick, and Days of Thunder. So, so basically, any Tom Cruise movie, he, he doesn't have... There's no villain, apparently. There's just the personal demons he's battling. And so now we get to the uh, 1 through 10 rating here, the entertainment value of this movie on a 1 to 10 scale. Con Air is the most entertaining action movie we have in our reboot, 9.7. Top Gun Maverick, a 9.3. Independence Day, 8.7. The Fast and the Furious, 8.5. The worst ones are Hard to Kill, Fast and Furious 4, Gone in 60 Seconds, and Days of Thunder, all a 5 or below. So, this film had some key components to it. The pace was fantastic. Mm-hmm. They they sacrificed storyline for pace, and I love that. It might not have made sense, but the action was uh, damn good. I'm gonna, I'm going to give it a seven. I thought mm-hmm. it was entertaining. Like like you've got to buy in. So like if you're like, well, this makes no sense. It sucks. That's fine. But in that amount of time, they jammed a ton of action in. It was entertaining in that sense. I mean, the film wasn't good, but who cares? So, seven. It's a seven for me as well. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I, I would stop and watch a couple scenes if this was on the hotel TV, yeah. if uh, yeah. you know, you're trying to kill some time, which is my, my criteria for stopping and watching. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how these newer action movies, like I probably give more the benefit of the doubt of a movie that was made in 2018, where when we've done Seagal films and or Stallone films like I just have a tougher time gravitating towards them I think and I think that's a generational thing to be honest um so it's funny how that kind of works out because I mean in general is Skyscraper a good movie no but did I but did but did I actually enjoy this film yeah. I did so it's a seven out of ten yeah it's I want I wanted more it's a six for me okay. I don't hate it I definitely I love the rock enough and I it's it's a theatrical sort of uh-huh. fun you know, campy movie. So I, I'll stop on it. It's not a train wreck, but it's a six for me. I wanted some more. Didn't get it. It's fine. So that makes it a 6.7 collectively for us. By the way, the, the villain was a 1.3 tying it with the British car loving gangster for the worst villain. Uh, This is a 6.7 tying it with twister just below the halfway point 
just below Fast Five, tied with Twister, and just ahead of Bloodsport, Too Fast, Too Furious, and RoboCop. So, oh God, RoboCop! There you go. RoboCop. That scene in RoboCop where the RoboCop murders <laughs> murders that corporate guy. It's glorious That's stupid. So, all right, boys, for next week, as we make our tour, we kind of rotate around rom-coms, sports movies, action movies. It is 4th of July weekend next weekend, and so I think we should do something American. And I've been pushing this movie on you guys for two or three years. It's a star-studded cast. Michael J. Fox, you got uh, Michael Douglas, Annette Bening, the American President rom-com from 1995. A hit at the box drama. office. Is this more of a rom com? It's a it's a rom com drama. Okay. A rom com drama. I would say. Let's give it a shot. You guys can clown me and dunk on me all you want late next week if this movie is not up to standards. But I think there's enough fodder here and enough of a cast so where we can uh, make it happen. Is this one of your like your favorite movies? Then is this like a this one of your favorite movies you've seen before? I've seen this movie before, and mm-hmm. I think I think it would be good for these purposes. I yes. Gotcha. Okay. And it was also uh, a a big blockbuster hit because of the cast in the yep. 1990s. So Ooh. let's give it a shot. Rob Reiner film. You guys can clown the hell out of me if you want. It is a Rob Reiner film. Yes. And then uh, we'll see what happens. So the American president. It's free on YouTube. Week. Good to know. Free on YouTube, by the way. There you go. Merry Christmas. Really? Yep. Hmm. Okay. I'll call her, Judd. I'll help you set it up. No, thanks. <laughs> I'm good. I'll pay for it. You'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> What the rock is cooking.